never gonna fucking forget that McDonald's thing. Still in my head, twenty years later. Dude, <laughs> you know P- Pizza Hut. Five nine five seven four seven four five five nine. No, but Pizza Hut. Nothing but Pizza Hut. Nothing but that one. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. No, I just remember the five nine five seven four seven four. I should dial that today and see. Does it go anywhere? Some random person answers phone. Yeah. Hello. I'd like a small pepperoni, please. Oh man. Well, there's a cold open for you. So, <laughs> you ready to be live, T? Yeah, man. I, I, I kind of like the fact that I heard, uh, I think it was, I was working on an Archer show the other day. Archer? Yeah. yeah. Nice. <laughs> Which is always fun. They do a cold open joke at the beginning of one of their episodes. Okay. And it just made me realize, like, that's basically all we do. <laughs> it's, it's pretty much just cold opens all the time. Yeah. <laughs> right, so where are we? Yeah, well, I mean, I guess, uh, you know, hello and welcome back to New Talk Radio. Uh, this is episode 78 I'm your host, Joshua Osborne. This is Teague Anderson. And yes, Teague, sir. how are you? Not too bad, and yourself? I am good. I am well. I'm, good. I'm well, and I have nothing else to say about it. Good. <laughs> <laughs> News item number one. Hey, let's do it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Do I, do I actually have anything to say? Sometimes I wonder, you know? I'm kind of just a tabula rasa today, I think. They started the reconstruction work on my condo unit. That's nice. Okay. So we'll have walls again. Oh. We, I mean, I, it sounds extremely dramatic when I say it like that, but it we, does. we're just missing a small section of uh, yeah, yeah. our wall for like a little this, while. You know? Yeah, pretty much. You know? I mean, and yeah. that. Yeah. And, yeah. and that. But since, <laughs> but since it was getting close to winter, I was like, yeah, happy to have that. Yeah, get them over. It's mostly just like, yeah, I'm sure it'll impact our heating bills. Yeah. And I know we have mice, so it's like I'd rather not have the walls just open. If oh, you got mice? Yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cat doesn't deal with it? Oh, no, she does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, they're still, like, around. Okay. You know, like, they don't come in our apartment because of the cat. Right. But I'd rather not have them the option. Yeah. No, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. Walls Um, are good. Yeah, walls (laughs) walls are nice. Walls are nice. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no, I'm good. I mean, uh... What have I been up to lately? You know, I mean, it's just the you know same old, same old. I mean, last last weekend I was in Ottawa for the niece's the niece's birthday. That was fun. It was a Pusheen themed birthday. Pusheen is amazing. Uh, she's cute and hilarious. Uh, I played an improv, uh, what my nephew calls an improv D and D session. So he's like, "We're gonna do improv D and D." I'm like, "Okay, like what's you know what, what what's that like compared to normal D and D?" And he's like, uh, "You pretty much just like." Don't uh, prepare much in advance and don't have too much of a story. And I'm like, so it's exactly the same thing as regular D&D with no preparation. He's like, yes. And I'm like, okay, cool. Let's do this. Hmm. And it was actually pretty fun. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. He wasn't he was bad. Yeah. So that was nice. And aside from that, I mean, uh, excited for Halloween. I'm excited for the Halloween video games. Uh, I mean, I guess, you know, we were going to talk about uh, the, the uh, recent indie what is it? Horror, indie Horror Showcase 2023 that happened? That's right. All there those was, gems. <laughs> there was some nice, uh, uh, what Teague would probably not, non-affectionately call pixel art junk. Garbage. Yeah, yeah. What would you call it? Hot garbage? Is that, I don't know. Almost <laughs> like, yeah, I don't, I don't even have a, a, a low enough term for it. I don't know. It's, uh, <laughs> not my thing. <laughs> That's to very... put it nicely, it's, it's just... It's not, it's not my thing. Very polite of you. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, I'm excited for uh, to play some horror shit in Halloween time. It's been yeah. getting me thinking about that stuff. I, we might get out of uh, out of order again today, which is really fine as long as we stay relatively coherent. But so I'm going to talk about how I, I, I finished Gunbrella later, which was fun. It's mm-hmm. an indie game, Gunbrella. You know, you're a... It's basically just like 2D side-scrolling shooter. You have a gun. It's like relatively fast-paced, like brutal combat. Pretty difficult. Not bad. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, it's not, I think Gunbrella is just sort of, it was like, 
a really solid 6.5, 7 on 10. Mm-hmm. You know, like, very enjoyable. I played it the whole way through. I didn't have any issues. I think the, the nicest thing I can say about it is that the art style was great. Okay. Like, it was absolutely a treat to look at at all times. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of what drew me to it. And then what kept me there was the story's kind of cute, uh, and the combat is just good enough that, you know, you don't really... It doesn't overstay its welcome kind of thing. Right, right. It's also, like, hard enough that, like, it's not a joke to play, mm-hmm. but it's not brutally difficult either. You know, mm-hmm. It was just kind of good, you know? Like, I kind of kind of the same way I felt about Dead Island 2. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, like, good all the way through, and that's all you I You finished it, obviously, right? Yeah, 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 no, totally. And it's like, I don't think it's gonna... It's like, it's like I, I don't think it's a game that I'll be coming back to at some point in time, but it's also a game that managed to hold my attention from start to finish. Perfect. You yeah, know, which is enough. also... It's all you can really ask for. Pretty much, pretty I mean, much. I, yeah, replay value is great, but come on now. You know, like, you can't... <sighs> if it keeps you in it the whole way through, it's done its fucking job. You Absolutely. Know? Like, uh, Absolutely. Come on. Well, it's sort of like... It, it, it almost gives me more respect for, like... It's tough, those kind of games, because it's like, you can't... Like, I can't speak about it glowingly for, like, a full hour. Right. But also, it was very satisfying. Yeah. But it's hard to convey that. It's, like, it's it's difficult to give that satisfaction the proper amount of attention. I hear you. If that makes sense. It's kind of like, yeah, I don't know. But then at the same time, what I was thinking in my head was, like, is it just not that great a game? I'm like, no, it's really just... It is good. It's just not... It just didn't quite hit that that level required to, like, break out of the... Mm-hmm. You know, come out in your head as, like, come out come out in your head as like you know this is one of the greatest games I've played or something right. and it got, got me thinking about Darkwood because I, I, that was an indie game and I, and I remember Darkwood now I think about it extremely fondly and I kind of wouldn't mind going back to Darkwood mm. like, it had enough there it was sort of like it was crazy and weird enough and it just it just had it had a bit of that magic spark that like you know yeah. really sort of like makes a fantastic game and that game really is like fucking incredible and, and like it's the way that Darkwood manages to create an atmosphere of, like, fear and tension and, like, dread, almost. Yeah, really, dread is the right word, kind of, uh, in a top-down, you know, it's not pixel, is it pixel art? No, it's not pixel art, but it's, like, it's, you know, kind of lo-fi, top-down. Mm-hmm. It's crazy, I mean, the, you know, the, and, like, the, I, have you seen shots of that game? A while ago, yeah. The fucking lighting in it is Wait. just, like, mental. Yeah, no, I do remember. I do remember. Yeah, 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 like what they do with lighting and just like stuff like that. It's I don't know. It's really fucking cool, man. Anyways, so you know, Gunbrella, extremely solid, and uh, I've kind of just been I, I've just been sort of getting back to indie games lately. And it's good. Uh, it feels good. I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I guess we're just we're just we're just talking about what we're, what we've been playing now. Yeah, hey, fuck it. Why not? <laughs> so, <laughs> it's, yeah. the, it's the what we've been playing segment. Hey, we start <laughs> open with it. Why not? Cold open. This oh, is what happens. Why not? Um, I really wanted to finish Armored Core 6 and it's killing me it's fucking killing me that I can't do it oh you can't it's too hard no I got I got I got curb stomped and it's like well the thing is too much time went and I'm on the last literally the last level the last boss and it's just like I feel like controller throwing level hard Mm. I googled the like you know the key strategies to beat it I just I took took the you know the recommended kit what's the easiest thing I can plow through this with that basically worked on every other hard boss, and it just won't. It won't work on this boss. I tried it like, tw- I got closer than I was before, but I tried it like twenty times. And I was just like, I don't have the drive for this anymore, man. Well, fair enough. Like, if it's I, the last boss, it just bothers me so much. Well, you want to complete so it, fucking but fucking close, but it's like I can't. I, it's, it makes me want to throw my controller. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah, it's it's yeah. so fucking frustrating. 
and I just wish I could put it down and be like, that's done. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like always going to hang over me now. But mm-hmm. but the game was really, really enjoyable. It just, it does have, I think, its biggest flaws. It has, I mean, yeah, both the fact that, because like the build I was that I was, that was recommended for the final boss is not very different than like the builds that were recommended for the other bosses. Mm-hmm. There really is like a couple OP builds. Yeah. And it's just a little sad that like you kind of... You just put that build on, and it's almost like easy mode in certain cases. Okay. It's like, that's the most, the, the biggest missed opportunity for Armored Core, in my opinion, is like the fact that it's not, it doesn't have a perfect difficulty curve. And like, it, there are massive spikes hmm. at times. You know, like the, the vast majority of levels, and the levels are really fun. Like, they, they kind of like, it's the meat of the game, it's, it's what I come to the game for. They're not that difficult, you know? Hmm. Like, they have, like, you could have hiccups every now and then. Like, suddenly you'll fight an, an enemy AC in a mission where you weren't expecting to. And, like, he's he'll be really hard by himself. But, mm-hmm. like, you know, the rank-and-file kind of, like, tanks, armored, armored you know, combat units are, like, not that difficult. Right. It's, right. like, it's more just about kind of experiencing the levels and, like, enjoying them, you know? Hmm. And uh, that's where the game shines. So it's kind of... It's unfortunate that there are these massive spikes that... Mm-hmm. Really, just I, I I can't see anything they would do other than repel people away from the game, yeah. You know, because yeah. they're just the spike is just too big. That's know? a bit it's, solid. It's annoying. Yeah, it's too bad. It doesn't feel, you know, the same way that like um, like I've never really felt that way about Dark Souls, Bloodborne, Elden Ring. Mm-hmm. Like, they've never had the. It's like even if they've had those spikes, it's usually feels either earned or like more learnable hmm. or like because the bosses in. I mean, I guess. You know, theoretically, the bosses in Armored Core are learnable, but I gotta be honest, man, they're like, they're, it almost feels more like a twin stick shooter. Hmm. You know, those like a crazy, bu- like those bullet hell games where there's like a million bullets on the screen and there's like one exact spot to live in? Yeah. yeah. It, it almost feels like that level of like, you have to be that precise, that mm. perfect, you know? Like, yeah. Well. And that's just sort of like a, it's kind of a level of skill I'm not that interested in. Fair enough. You know, like, same thing with like, you know, Joel beat Millennia by himself, which I think is fucking insane. Um, I mean, props to him, but I don't have like I don't care to be good enough to beat Millennia by myself. Mm-hmm. Like I'm extremely. I don't want to learn her entire move set. No, I'm good. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm happy beating her with somebody else, mm-hmm. you know, like you, for example, uh, a friend online, like some rando, like whatever. Like, but and it kind of I guess that's what I like about how they handle difficulty in those games is that it's so optional. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's no like the final boss is not going to be that hard. You know, yeah. like the optional bosses might be that hard, but like the actual just story boss, it's mm-hmm. like, because yeah, I mean, if if that was the case in Armored Core, where it was like this was an optional boss, and I could just go beat the real story boss, I would just go beat the story boss. This yeah, and be like, I'm done. I'm, I'm done with this game. I'm good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, you know, funny anecdote that's only somewhat related. Uh, my girlfriend noticed this uh, recently, but she noticed that if you look at the times I've played games on my, on like a, you know, because on your dashboard in PS5 you can see the time you've played every game. Oh, okay. I actually have, uh, <laughs> uh, with the small the exceptions like Elden Ring, which is like 580 hours or something, like something like that, something obscene, although I think yours is even higher. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I like, I bounce off of games at almost exactly between 60, 62 and 65 hours <laughs> is my exact bounce off point. That's pretty funny. For everything that's not something that gets me for 500, 600 hours. <laughs> it's really, yeah, they're all like... Like Armored Core, 62 hours. Uh, Dead Island 2, I think it was 65 hours. Like, oh. it's really weird, but like, yeah, yeah, th- yeah, there's an actual time where it's like, okay, Josh plays games to this point and then he stops. You know? uh-huh. like, so it's like, it's, 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 you got three categories. It's like games I don't like enough to play five hours, games that I do like and they'll, they'll get 60 hours. Then the, the occasional oh, game. 
500 it's just forever yeah it's just infinite you know yeah anyways um but uh yeah so i mean was there a point to what i was saying i feel like there was well we're just on the what we're playing what we've been playing right yeah that's kind of what i've been playing i guess yeah right excited to come back to indies and like i wanted to finish armored core so i could do more like really put my triple a catalog to mm-hmm. the side yeah i hear you i think i just have to give up yeah fair <laughs> enough because I, I just can't do it man it's like well if it's the last boss i mean i for the completionist i get it but at the same time like who fucking cares it's like even if it was like the, the second or third to last boss i think i'd feel better about that somehow <laughs> you know what i mean it's just like on some level it's less annoying a little bit but, I, I think yeah. i know what you mean anyways yeah well i've been uh since uh, last time you da- you were going to download the division 2 right so we could try it out so For i sure. played uh, I, I i fired it up and uh realized that i wasn't fully leveled you got 10 extra levels for warlords of new york the dlc and i realized i was only 36 so i played a little bit and got up to level 40 and uh, that's all i've done <laughs> like I mean, and how long did that take you like Couple hours, five hours. Yeah, four four hours maybe. Okay, so that means the so the level grinding is pretty quick in this game. Then. It's not bad. I mean, I was running missions, I believe. I believe I still had quite a few missions open on the thing. Okay. Um, and yeah, I don't know what the fuck. Does the game do a thing like Destiny where it's like, as long as the mission isn't like intentionally level gated to make me not able to do it, can I just join you and it'll scale my weapons? No. Okay. No, and the the areas the areas, I, I, it's not gonna lock you out. Like you can mm. fucking go, but uh, you'll get one shotted, and yeah. you won't actually have enough ammo to kill one enemy. <laughs> like, you, it's just, uh, yeah, you're just yeah. W- they're just stronger, you know. Yeah. So we'll just go when we play. We'll just go in your Is area, that, right. and like I'll go in your game, right. and. Uh, yeah, because uh, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> it's I both like and dislike that because it's kind of like what Destiny does. I mean, I I uniformly hate the stupid, uh, you know, nonsensical level grinding in these. Not not level grinding when when you go up levels, you get like perks and stuff and unlock things. That's fine. It's more like the unnecessary. Well, in Destiny, it's power grinding, mm-hmm. and it's like that's the shit that is just like the fucking worst. Yeah, and that's exactly why I don't want to play Division Two. Yeah, fair enough. Even even though after like forty minutes of playing it, I was like, I think I, I can immediately see the appeal of this game. Yeah, and what, with friends. Right? I mean, I'm gonna like I'm not gonna put it down now. Right, like, right. I will gonna get, give it a proper try. Um, yeah, we gotta pl- we have to play together for at sure. least once. Hundred percent. Um, but it's like I can yeah, I can see the annoying elements that will drive me crazy in addition to the things where I'd be like, oh, I would appreciate these things. You know mm-hmm. I mean? um, but I can at least also see immediately sort of like why it just caught on. Like it just seems like a relatively tight third person shooter. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, it's a little janky, but. Oh, definitely. It's got its moments. It's, it's not got that bad for an online game, I would say. You know? No, it's got its issues and yeah. it definitely did at launch and whatever. But um, how old is the game? Division two, I want to say five years. Yeah. Uh, hold on, let's just curious, look. yeah. Because uh, I mean, well, five years. That I mean that makes sense that it wouldn't feel exactly like a game made today, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's got to be at least twenty nineteen. Only four actually. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well. But March twenty nineteen, so pretty much a solid. You know, I guess all going on. Wait, we're almost finished twenty twenty three. It was twenty nineteen. So it came out about five years. No, you're right. Okay. Okay. You're exactly right. Okay. Yeah, because I, I didn't didn't actually feel that long ago. <laughs> but I don't no, know. I know what you mean. Yeah, <laughs> we're getting old. <laughs> yeah, fuck. Man. Yeah, yeah. But no, it makes sense that it sort of like doesn't feel like it was made today. Yeah. Um, which actually even gives me more hope for Division Three because 
yeah, there's clearly some... I mean, I don't know what they're going to do with engine, but there's clearly some leaps that could be made. Right? Oh, for sure. Like, for uh, sure. Well, that's why I'm even kind of curious about that Star Wars game. Yeah, um, no, totally. I mean, because that... Yeah, you're right. I, especially, I, actually, really, for me too, it cast a lot of new light on that Star Wars game after I tried Division 2, and I was like, wow, like that Star Wars game looks a lot crisper right. from the footage. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? But like, it's PS5, right? Correct, yeah. 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 So... A whole generation off. Like, think about Resident Evil on PS3 compared to Resident Evil on PS4. Yeah, although, of course, the hardware uh, jumps were bigger then. Yeah, but that definitely. Does, that does 100% make sense. Yeah. Right, but I mean, just think of, like, Resident Evil 6. Okay, whatever. Yeah. Like, that was PS3, I think, right? Mm, 5 yes. definitely was. I think 6 was, too. 5 was PS3. What was PS4? Did they even make Resident Evil during that time? Yeah, re- PS4? Yeah, yeah that, was, that was 7. Yeah, yeah. They, they were done with the 2D one. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so it went from fucking six to seven, and it's just yeah. like, dude, that's yeah. fucking <laughs> night and day. First yeah. of all, it went seven from third to seven. first person. Yeah. Um, Although you picked an especially hard game to compare it to no, because seven looks nuts. No, like, like it, it just went off yeah. the board though. It did, but, it did. but that's what I'm saying. I feel like that might happen here. You know, like yeah, it, uh, might, it very well might. Just because yeah. we got yeah. a whole generation, a whole console generation, right? Yeah. So, yeah, the leaps hopefully will be as big. Yeah. No, totally, totally. But uh, yeah, no, I, I definitely it, it it shone new light on Star Wars Outlaws, and it does make me wonder. Like, I mean, I guess we could we could easily check right now. Is Outlaws being developed on the engine that? Because I wonder if it's the same engine. You know what I mean? Snowdrop engine. Yeah, that is what Division uses, eh? I'm it's not sure. The, uh, yes, it's uh, Outlaws is on Snowdrop, which is the proprietary game engine created specifically by Massive for use on all the modern consoles and used to make Division. What else? Yeah, it's only been it's been used to develop exactly like fourteen titles, oh. uh, of which like only half of them are even remotely notable. Like oh. Starlink Battle for Atlas. What the fuck even is that game? No clue. South Park: The Fractured Butthole. I remember that. Is hilarious that it would be on this specific engine, but yeah. of course I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Mario and Rabbids game. Yeah, I mean that that was it's at least known. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rocksmith Plus, the new Avatar game that's going to be uh, with Snowdrop. But it's basically oh the the uh, uh, much maligned X Defined that's supposedly still coming out. Right. Um, it's basically Division. Like this is a really big one. Okay. I hope um, so. And then Outlaws and yeah. So I mean, Outlaws looks that good still with Snowdrops. So, yeah. I mean, clearly the engine has potential. Right? Yeah. But yep. um, pretty interesting. Yeah. Anyways, all that to say, I mean, I, I I'm uh, curious to try it yeah. with you also. Um, I'm less interested in it because it's Star Wars. Honestly, mm. I would be more interested if it was just something else. I would be more interested if... I am very interested in it, but I would be more interested if it was more like Division. I was really hoping this was Division 3. Mm. Yeah, I thought that would be such an... Just a totally nuts idea, like, to have the... Have the, the cojones, if you will, to make the next Division game... Like, inst- like, just discard the idea of, like, yeah, of course we'll make another Division, but it doesn't have to be Division. Mm-hmm. Like, it could be any franchise, you know, you could just apply the same theories to, like, much, any, yeah. and to apply them to a world as rich as Star Wars, you know? Like, I was like, mmm, that would be tasty, you know, but... Uh, I like the, the thing with Tom Clancy games is the realness and the guns and shit. Well, that's a good point. And, like, yeah. the, the focus on a lot of that stuff, yeah. you know? Like, um, so, I don't know. I mean, I kind of dig that about it. It uh, does feel nice when I checked it out to have a game that just for once has sort of like a more cyberpunk, like a, just a more modern f- gun combat feel. Yeah, it's just not something I do very much. Personally. Yeah, well, it's got it's it. It feels it actually feels like a lot of the guns actually feel good. You know, like mm. the certain things, and you'll get certain gear that'll boost certain weapon damage and yeah. shit. And it's like 
So, like, I rock exclusively on my main character. Actually, I think I only have one character on Division 2, but I did my last couple of levels with a shotgun and an SMG. Okay. That's my combo, you know? Sounds and nice for the longest time, I was like LMG and SMG. Oh, um, yeah. and what are the options? There's a shit ton of options. Is you can like get like all, all the basic modern firearms you can think of? Pretty much, Like yeah. sniper rifles, oh, there's snipers. regular rifles, yeah. SMGs, yeah. shotguns. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I didn't even know how the machine guns would be oh. part of it. Oh, yeah. That's there's all kinds. Is there HMGs also or just the LMGs? LMGs, I believe. LMGs. I don't know what I, mean, I guess that makes sense. Well, yeah. Heavy machine guns would be like mounted probably. Yeah. It wouldn't really make sense. No, there are, I'm pretty sure, like mounted def- machine guns on some like defense, some areas that you have to defend. I don't honestly... Yeah, no, there absolutely are. There absolutely okay. are. Yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. And other people like will use it. Right. To like, because you can, uh, you can like shoot up a flare. Like if you're you're going into an area w- that's occupied or whatever, you can shoot up. It's like whole square or something, and you shoot a flare, and it calls in civilians or whatever. Like just other people. Read people. Uh, no NPCs. Okay. Okay. Like a shit ton of NPCs come, and they'll just like. It'll just start a mini war, you know, and like so you have people on your side, um, and yeah, so whatever. I mean, it's uh, and they they'll even use the mounted machine gun when they can, you know. Right. It's uh, no, it's super cool, man. And again, like they really they go a little crazy on the guns, you know. Like it's sure. really, I don't know. Some of them feel fucking fantastic. Some of them that's awesome. I don't know. So yeah, good to hear. And I mean, even though it's not the exact same thing, that equally applies to like that encourages me about outlaws too i'm sure the phaser is going to feel fantastic yeah i don't know what it, yeah. I, I don't know if what they it, just nail the gun feel yeah yeah it's yeah, really yeah. all you need you not know, a phaser like. but uh what are yeah, they blaster yeah, exactly. yeah blaster, blaster, blaster. 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 <laughs> i'm sure the blaster will feel fantastic you it, know yeah i mean it, it I, w- I would be very happy if it did I, I don't know what a blaster <laughs> feels like but um you know i'm sure it feels like what it does battlefront did pretty good with most it of them. It did. Yeah, yeah I Battlefront that. was the usually pretty good feels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they had good feels for that. I guess that makes sense for the Call of Duty developer, right? Wait, was it? it? Or is it just the Battlefront developer? That's why they're called Battlefront. <laughs> now, I, now I'm wondering. Yeah. Anyways, it doesn't matter. But, um, yeah, no, I mean, uh, so, I, mean, I guess, uh, yeah, that, that's cool. I mean, I'm, I'm glad to hear that you leveled yourself back out in it and uh, whatever. I mean, I'm So we'll do it, though. Uh, I I'm would definitely very much down like to play. run yeah. a few yeah. missions. We'll yeah. run a few of your starter missions, sure. you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess I can't do anything else, probably, at the moment. I'm level two, I think. Yeah, so just, I, I mean, just run missions. It'll tell you the requirements on the missions when you highlight them. It'll yeah. be, like, recommended between this and this level, or the enemies are between this and this level. And, um, yeah, I mean, we can run some higher ones, and you can just, like... Well... Go in, you could go in the, you know, really be in the back and, um, you know, whatever. I'll just contribute moral support. Pretty much, you know, some, some words of, uh, uh, I don't know. The famous carry, is that what it's called? Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, just carry much. me through some missions. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, but I'm already, like, I've already seen enough of the game and I have enough experience with Destiny to be like, uh, these hub places where I have to wander around in a hub for a long time and like find the quest givers. Oh no! Like that kind of stuff is already annoying me. But oh no, that's not a really a thing. Like the the hub. Oh yeah. No, okay. the hub shit. You can get some stuff from there, and you can do some like matchmaking shit, and uh, they're vendors and stuff. Okay. And you can like uh, craft shit there and everything, and you can uh, you want to give supplies to like open up areas of whatever so it's like a tech wing you have a security wing you got so you supply the shit and that unlocks other things in the world but the hub itself there's not 
you might have to do like a mission or two for one or two people in there randomly okay. like not have to but mm -hmm. like they might just be offering something yeah, like oh go quests. look for this person yeah. if you feel like it but uh the majority of the shit are just on the map like main oh, mission cool. markers yeah. and it's like you got mains you got sides you have events you have uh incursions there's sure. all kinds of shit I mean, I definitely, although I also liked the way it just sort of, like, as soon as I got just, you know, on the map mm -hmm. and was just running and you open the map and you can see, like, oh, this zone is this level, this zone is this yeah. level. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. That, that, that all looks neat. Like, I'm mm -hmm. just the way I, you just run mm -hmm. and go, go wherever And you'll you run across, yeah. like, you'll come across random bad guys. Yeah. And, like, a good way to get XP, too, is when somebody, like, you pick up shit off the ground all the time, right? Loot stuff. Often people will... Uh, random npcs will come up and ask you for like a drink or like a med kit or food or whatever give it to them you get like a couple hundred xp so it's well worth doing just sure. like running around giving them shit and are those consumable resources that i'm giving them no like, no no they're just it, there might be i don't honestly you need to like there's some minor cost it's it's nothing it's yeah. it's definitely worth giving it's stuff you'll just randomly pick up right like if you take you'll get drinks from a vending machine okay you know it's like you have to donate materials or uh, supplies to outposts to like strengthen them and shit, but you don't actually have to if you don't want to. You just get more XP for doing it and whatever. So it's like, uh, and it, you just loot random shit. Like find garbage cans, food, and yeah, metal pieces, and it's just really random shit that you're picking up. But you're never gonna the med kit is junk essentially yeah like maybe if you give them a med kit you might uh, need to like fucking fast travel or something or like I don't know there might be need to be something yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. but I don't think it's much it's easy know? XP or maybe it's like fuck yeah yeah it might yeah. be just like you know reloading your ammo or something and you get your med kit back right uh, something like that sounds cool I'm looking forward to it yeah man you want to do a break sure So yeah, to conclude what we've been playing, we were saying earlier that what it takes for you to get into games and what will probably make the new one is like it's, there's got to be some sort of social component yeah. and got to be like a co-op or PvP, whatever, some sort of play with friends component. For me, I think it's more because I play mostly single player games, almost exclusively really, like I feel like it's about 90% single player games. I like playing with people sometimes, but it's not the primary reason why I play games, you know? Yeah. Uh, and so for me, the what what it, what it is much more for me is like it's a tone and a feel thing. Mm -hmm. That's that's what's got to be right. I hear um, you. And I guess that's why I'm a little excited to get back to indies is because that's where the most unique tones and feels come from sometimes. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's like that's what if we could leap right into the news. Time for some news. Uh, number one is uh, like we introduced earlier this indie horror showcase. Um, that's why I'm so excited about this because a lot of the indie stuff that's where the crazy different weird unique feels come from yeah even if the games are not necessarily always like a lot of the time they look cool but like aren't that actually that fun to play but it just sometimes they're just weird and like again that's kind of what drew me to Darkwood it was just fucking weird mm -hmm. you know um, I remember so that, yeah. I'll just read this little blurb off IGN to describe the showcase itself full disclosure uh, I did not actually watch this uh, live stream I kind of mostly just can't be fucked for these things yeah <laughs> I will watch trailers that come out of them for um, sure and I think it's like it's more like if it's something like a state of play or something bigger like uh, the Jeff Keighley shows sometimes I can I can sort of get down with watching a little bit of sort of you know chatty chatty mm -hmm. but mo for the most part these things that are just like you know 
sort of random one-off showcases where it's like a bunch of creators talking about stuff. I'm just kind of like, I don't know. I just sort of, yeah. I typically kind of phase out. Um, but uh, it's always been sort of just about the games for me. Uh, so Indie Horror Showcase, collaboration between Dread XP, Horror Visuals, and The Mix. If you recall, The Mix brought us that Indie Showcase like a, a few episodes ago. That was the one where they were show, showcasing a bunch of stuff like that something something from Dread uh, from Reven Revenge oh, River, River City Treachery and Beatdown City yeah something like that yeah Treachery and Beatdown City River that, City Beatdown though no that's you're, you're mixing River City Girls too oh right Treachery right, and right, Beatdown right, City right, 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 right. <laughs> River City Girls too ironically I actually did come back to it recently I can't get into that game no it's cool but I can't get into it but yeah Treachery and Beatdown City came from the previous the mix indie showcase along with at least one other game that I heard of specifically from there. But anyways, uh, so collaboration between Dread XP, Horror Visuals, and The Mix. This took place uh, live stream October 19th. Um, and uh, yeah, all new trailers, announcements, reveals, Indie Horror Showcase is sure to give you something to scream about. And it's basically just a giant mix of a bunch of indie trailers. Mm -hmm. um, so I just kind of scrobbled through the entire thing and like was surprisingly uh, pleased to find a bunch of stuff that I thought was kind of kind of interesting. Well, but um, I mean, listen, since these things appeal mostly to me, um, yeah, well, entirely, <laughs> not mostly, entirely, entirely. There's a single one. Is there? I, yeah, I'm trying to. I'm Did looking I, at the I, list now? I'm like, I, yeah, no, this. Dude, what? You'd, you'd have to pay me to even try <laughs> one of these. Like, there's nothing highbrow, like, uh, or nothing sort of like more mainstream. So that sounds insulting. I don't mean it like that. Um, like. Phasmophobia is like maybe something you could like. It's you could get into at least more than these things. I'm assuming, right? No, not even. Not even. Well, anyways, it is what it is. Um, but no, phasmophobia was the one I was making fun of last time, right? Like, yeah, um, I was like, you got me fucking kidding. Oh, I the, thought you liked the TV's it. TV's on. Oh no! Fuck. <laughs> uh, when that game was originally announced. I still feel like maybe we'll try it someday co-op and maybe it's not so bad. I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> it really was. It made fucking, like, it made waves when it came out. Hey. Anyways. Um, but yeah, uh, so there was a few things here. I mean, there was an update for World of Horror uh, that got a new, I want to say release. Was it a release trailer? Yeah, I believe that was a release trailer. And unfortunately, World of Horror got pushed. Um, so the release date trailer said it was coming out the 19th. That did not happen. Uh, he made an announcement. I did developer is Pansaz Games, I want to say. Pavel Kuzminski. Kuzminski? Uh, publisher is Isbrid Games. I knew there was a weird name in there somewhere. Yeah, he, he announced on Twitter that he wasn't going to make the 19th release date. I was like... Fuck, literally hanging on that release date. I was mm. refreshing constantly on... Because it was like... <laughs> The eShop on the Switch said Wishlist Now, I think. Mm -hmm. But then if you went to the eShop on online, it would say coming out summer 2023. And I'm like, one of these is going to update. So like, mm -hmm. Sometimes they do come out. But anyways. But no, it didn't, it didn't release the entire day. And then finally, he made an announcement on Twitter that it's, it's just coming out this Thursday. Okay. So one week delay. And I'm like, that's totally that's fine. That's totally fine. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, am, I am actually I'm really stoked to try this. I don't know if I'll like it, but it has... From what I can just see on the outside, it has a lot of the hallmarks of things I typically tend to like. Yeah. So, you know, we'll see. Um, but uh, I think World of Horror sounds totally awesome. Uh, I mean, the new trailer was, I thought, really good. Um, it was a pretty nice trailer, no? For, like, a long trailer? Yeah. Kind of evocative? No? Hmm. Doing it for you? Hmm. Well, I mean, you know. Uh, you if, know. So. <laughs> <laughs> if you like old school lo-fi, they call it one-bit art style. If sounds you like, about right. I feel like the easy way to describe it is like um, Apple 2 Plus games. 
Okay. Like old school Apple II, Apple II Plus games look, which is pretty fucking ancient. But, right, uh, right. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I do think it looks really good. It's got like... I'm going to go with Oregon Trail quality. <laughs> no, it's better than Oregon Trail. No way. <clears throat> yeah, the, the next game we're going to talk about, I mean, ba- what's the game? Banson, Banson Knights? That's Oregon Trail. Okay. <laughs> we'll get there, we'll get there. They're all Oregon Trail. <laughs> uh, you, could, you could have a worse uh, comparison metric. Um, oh, for sure. Wait, what? Uh, I thought there was a... Hang on. Uh, yeah, one of these motherfuckers looks like Pong. I swear. <laughs> there was a good. Uh, <laughs> there was a good recap. I read. Oh, here it is. Uh, yeah, this uh, I found this uh, on this website, RPG Gamer. Uh, they actually just not a lot of websites cover this because the game is so niche. Uh, but they actually covered the fact that it got a one week delay, and they had a nice little synopsis on their website here. World of Horror is inspired by the works of Junji Ito and H.P. Lovecraft. I know my friend Fred is a uh, friend of the show. Fred is kind of a fan of the idea of this game, at least. Game features 14 playable characters. That sounds kind of neat. Investigating harrowing events around the seaside town of Shiokawa in 198X, so some 1980-something, after the old gods return, bringing with them various unspeakable monstrosities. The game features 20 mysteries designed with replayability in mind as players fight in turn-based combat while trying to stay alive and not succumb to madness. And it, I, from what I've read about it online, I got a little in the weeds with this, it sounds a little vaguely reminiscent of Darkest Dungeon in the sense of it's got, like, sanity mechanics. Okay, like, yeah. You know, That's a lot cool. of that kind of shit that you have to manage. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, you know, managing that resource carefully will be key to success. And it sounds like it's sort of like a, a play at a lot of times things where it's like you know a a run might last like whatever several hours i don't know but you're kind of like not necessarily expected to beat it i think yeah okay did i hit record i did okay nice um (laughs) and uh yeah i mean i I just think it looks really good i don't know i can't i honestly i cannot wait to try it uh, it might turn out to be dog shit, but oh, you only just, find out one way. <laughs> it looks fantastic, yeah. So yeah, I mean, World of Horror uh, that we already knew a lot about, but it's got a nice, a nice launch trailer. Uh, I thought it was very nice in in the the showcase. System Shock Enhanced Edition. That's I would say the biggest budget game that was yeah. shown, and uh, this is really cool, mostly just because it's you know I just like to. Anything I see that makes me more certain that this company is going to deliver with their System Shock stuff, I'm happy about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I believe this is also... So this is System Shock Enhanced Edition. This is the first sort of proper look we've gotten at the... The System Shock 2 Enhanced Edition is a side project of the System Shock remake. Right. It's the thing that is just... They were, they're releasing for free with anyone who bought the PC one, which is amazing. Okay, yeah. It remains unclear if it'll be free for console people. It probably will be. They just sort of haven't stated. Yeah. Uh, I don't really care if it is either way. I will buy this probably hands down just because I don't have a modern way to play System Shock 2 at all. Right. Uh, and it will have co-op, which is interesting. Um, the original game had co-op too, although it was a very underutilized... Uh, it's, like, it's not a game that was known for being a co-op game. Right. But you can actually play the entire game co-op. And... It looks pretty cool. I mean, I you know I'm just happy to be able to play this game. It looks old as shit, but like they, you know they just they touched up the graphics. This actually does look better than it originally did, if you can believe. Yeah, I'm watching too, and I don't, I, I, I can't believe. Yeah, I well, know. I mean, it, the game's really old. Yeah, no. It's so I imagine it, you know, like in my head, you know, games like Goldeneye and stuff didn't look that bad, but when you look at it now, yeah, you're like, holy shit. Yeah, like, yeah. So if you look at the original, it's actually it's pretty good. Uh, no, I believe it. I believe it. But <laughs> just looking at this, I'm like, wow, this is not great. You know? I, I really would be happy to, you know, one thing that it that can be worth doing. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't know. I know these kind of things are not necessarily your cup of tea, but like, if you were to just listen to. The dialogue of Shodan is what this game is like, sort of all, 
what makes it awesome kind of thing. Like okay. the, the creepy artificial intelligence that just like yeah. talks to you yeah, all the yeah. time. That part, I mean, still 100% holds up because it's audio only. Mm -hmm. um, and one thing I thought was a little weird, the enhanced edition is like, so they, if you can see here, this ghost, like he's going to see... There's there's these ghosts. That yeah, you, yeah, yeah. The ghosts are like you you would find audio logs and then you would watch the ghosts replay the last few minutes of their lives. Right, right. Kind of like an Elden Ring death symbol or whatever. That's uh, that happens in fucking. Um, well, it's not quite the life, but uh, uh, division. I noticed that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah. did one of those. Okay. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's a really common feature in games, and they yeah. did a new thing in the enhanced edition for this where it's like you can see the ghost overlaid. Right, like, like you can still see the entire, and when it was previous, I actually like it better previously, and I think this was maybe a bad choice. It looked like that previously. You, they were in the environment. Oh, okay. Instead of an overlay on your screen, I feel like the overlay looks like a weird kind of change they made. But mm -hmm. Whatever. I mean, it's like I still, for people who are fans of this game, like it's nice to just have a modern way to play them. And uh, yeah, I mean, I believe the so something that was new about this trailer is that this is, I think, confirmed for console in this trailer, which is nice uh, because it was sort of thought to be coming to console, but nobody knew for sure. And it's just, you know, uh, I'm just happy that this company is continuing to operate and, like, you know, I, I can't wait for my remake, my System Shock remake to go yep, to console. Right. I will buy that literally the second it happens. And uh, I will be very happy to have this enhanced edition for free or for a minimal price as well. You know? Yep. I mean, I, I like System Shock 2 that, like, I would probably even pay 40 bucks for it if I had to just because... Why not? It's a game I kind of need in my library, but... So I thought that was kind of neat. Banson Knights, here's the Oregon Trail game. So Banson Knights is this crazy looking. Yeah. The color palette is really, I find, is really, is really mm -hmm. cool. So this game is like, again, it's like it's really lo-fi pixel art uh, that has a very specific sort of like console color spectrum feel of like really old. I'm sure, but it's got a style like that. This has way more of a style than like Oregon Trail. It almost looks know? like a graphic novel. Yeah, totally. You know what I mean? I get that. Um, no, no, this is different from there. There was another one that um, was it Hunt the Night. Uh, Maybe Hunt the Night is a fairly standard pixel art looking game. There was one of them that just looked like I was like, you got to be fucking. Oh, crazy. Repose, this fuck. old school stuff. Yeah, right? this that's one? the one. Yeah. that's the one. That's the one. I was just like, yo, fuck <laughs> off, man. Like, I, I know what you mean. I know come you mean. on now. Yeah, no, this looks like an insanely old Apple game. Yeah, this yeah. one is like, or rather, sorry, yeah, Banson Knights just kind of looks like a playable graphic novel. Mm -hmm. So it's like when I see, and I guess. You know, thinking about this this indie horror showcase in general and the types of games that are in it, it also made me realize part of why I like these kind of games and why I, I, I sort of hinge so much on the art styles is because when something does something sort of really low fidelity like this, the, there's something to the idea of making graphics vague that increases the level of, like, imagination that's at work, mm -hmm. right? And it's like it, when these type of projects also happen to have good gameplay... Or insanely good stories, or whatever, something that like that I that can that can hold me for more than fifteen minutes. You know, mm -hmm. I can look at a beautiful pixel art trailer or a game like this for like an hour maybe. But if it doesn't have good gameplay, it's not going to keep me past that. Yeah. You know? no. um, but something about these games with these sort of like really evocative, you know, lo-fi pixel art art styles, the it, like the things that they leave to the imagination is kind of like part of the pleasure, mm -hmm. and that's. That's why I, I think I'm drawn to these things. Is that like every one of these, especially ones that look this good? I mean, the game could be awful, but you know, it's, yeah. the graphics it actually are, does look good. That like that actually yeah. looks good. Yeah, it looks really beautiful. Once in a while, there are games like this that do actually have an art style that, like, again, it's not my style, but yeah. I can see. I can. There's something to it. It's not Absolutely. fucking like uh, a lot of these other ones that are yeah. just like. 
fucking complete dog shit to me and i'm just like no no don't give me that shit yeah this i'm like okay okay i can see the appeal to this this is very affirming for me because it confirms that i do have taste yeah it's that (laughs) like at least i know i have artistic taste but i mean yeah this 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 looks this looks this i understand the appeal to the look of this like this does have a vibe you know it's like Um, i can zero say that there's going to be anything to this game Mm-hmm. Right, but I can just say that this art style by itself is dope. Yeah. Is fucking amazing. Oh, you know, like and there, there's some really, really nice inspired shit at play here. Mm-hmm. And I get into these games again. This is Benson Knights. That's B A H N S E N. Benson. I don't know what that. Maybe that's a place or something. But Benson Knights. Knights like with a K. K N Knights, not just N Knights. Uh, and I can't tell much by the trailer other than it's like some sort of like creepy small town thing looks like. But you know, I mean, it just has a nice art style, and it's like the. If it wasn't in a horror game, a horror show, I wouldn't know yeah. it's a horror game. I can, yeah, I mean, I feel like the color palette gives a little bit, you know, a little bit of that. What, um, pink? Purple? It's very like, yeah, but there's something about it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't have the vocabulary to express it. The cover, just or just that shot, actually, it's not a cover, it's puff, just paused, but that actually makes me think of uh, fucking Stranger Things <laughs> for some reason. Yeah? I don't know why. I, I like, see where you're uh, coming from. Like, shit like this, this, you know, this shot of the diner, it's like, I mean, how awesome does that look? Like, it just, I don't know. Yeah, these, these two guys talking, like, beside their cars, like, and it's pretty fucking, it's pretty dope. Mm. I don't know, man. Yeah, no, you're right. I, 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 th- I actually totally see the Stranger Things angle. It does have a little bit of that sort of style to it, but um, like yeah. 80s, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, listen, game might be terrible, but like the art's fucking dope as shit. You no. know? so that's always like that's what gets my initial attention, and then it's like if a game like works, because I actually I sincerely do believe World of Horror, like it doesn't look like this is more like a this is really like an art game. I think mm-hmm. World of Horror, I do still think looks really good, and it it looks evocative and different, and it's like if a game can just marry something really interesting gameplay wise with that look. Mm-hmm. That could be truly spectacular. So who knows? But uh, this Banson Knights game, this does come out uh, the exact same, exact same day as uh, World of Horror. This is two days from now, October 26th. It is Switch, Steam, PS5, PS4, Xbox, everything. So, I mean, you know, if anyone checks it out and thinks that it looks interesting but just by the art style, like, I would give it a look. Um, yeah. It cannot be an expensive game. I mean, it's probably a $20 game, I would imagine. I would hope. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so would I. Uh, but, you know, it's like playable graphic novels, which it pr- looks like that's probably the kind of game this is. Yeah. They're usually around, like, the 20 to max $30 variety kind of thing. But um, it's just, it's got something on art. That's, that's what I can say. Fair um, enough. And, yeah, I mean, Repose... Uh, this does something for me specifically, but I know what you mean. It's like the thing that I like about this game, Repose, is that it looks weird. <laughs> it certainly does. It also emulates a style of game that I used to play when I was a kid. Right. A lot of this is just nostalgia. Yeah. Uh, and it's. I do still think, though, that every now and again, when a game like this has decent gameplay mechanics, the fact that the world is so sort of like, you know, it leaves a lot of, to the imagination yeah. can do a lot for... It can give you an interesting, especially in a game that's trying to be creepy. You know, your your own imagination can put a lot of the work in. For sure. And what and what I like here is like, yeah, this shot specifically, where it's just this monster, the way this monster animates. See what I mean? It's a little weird. No, mm-hmm. it's interesting for you. I don't know. I mean, it, it works for me. It's very odd. It's weird. Like, I, and I kind of I just dig that. Uh, it also, you know, he has a gun, which is like unusual for like this is emulating. This is, a, like, it looks like a sort of Resident Evil Silent Hill-style horror game with the 
look of Dungeon Master 2 or the incredibly old wizardry games from okay. 1980. Yeah. 1980, literally. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. the very first, those blocks by block movement mm -hmm. games it's a block by block turn-based dungeon crawler is, is what it looks like but it has you know weird looking interesting uh, enemy design and like modern trappings like pistols and like fire axes instead of like yeah. rpg shit you know which is just kind of i don't know like it's probably bad but it's got enough there for it for me to at least give it a second a second look kind of thing that's it and actually i kind of appreciate this type of they don't give any release date but he just says coming when it's done a game by Bazo Attila Bertold. I guess this is a solo developer, which is, again, awesome. It's got the music of Our Star is Dying and Tom Jensen. These names mean nothing to me, but uh, perhaps they're known in the industry. And uh, that's it. So, I mean, it's just, it's a neat trailer, and it's like, maybe I'll never see anything about this game again. But hey, I mean, I was happy to see it in an in a indie horror showcase, put it yep. that way. Uh, and have I covered everything here? I mean, yeah, I guess there's Hunt the Night. Hunt the Night, uh, this we've talked about before. I need to, it has a, there's a claim to fame. Yeah, this is the type of art style that I don't appreciate. I know what you mean. Yeah, it but, works. It works for me, but it is not. Um, like it's not. It's, it's like th that. That last one, the, the pinkish, whatever we were just talking about. That nice. I can see the a lot more. It, it has more personality to it than this. Yeah. To me, I don't know. That that makes sense. Hunt the night music. Yeah. So hunt the night. Uh, their small claim to fame is that they have a. a quote-unquote beautiful soundtrack that comes to life with the collaboration of Hiroki Kakuta, who composed the music for the Secret for Secret of Mana, which uh, a lot of people love from the SNES days. Hmm. And uh, yeah, see, I, I remember Secret of Mana intimately, like the music was really, really good. Um, so that's, that's, that's a nice little sort of celebrity claim to fame, but Hunt the Night has been out on PC for a while. I want to say it's like three okay. to six months, maybe. Um, and I just think, I mean, I've always thought the game looked amazing. Uh, well, amazing. I think the game looks like it has good combat, and I want to try it for myself. Fair enough. Like, is it totally awesome? I don't know, but it's got... I, I personally like the art style, although I, I totally see why you don't like it. Uh, it's a very specific kind of, mm -hmm. you know, nostalgia pixel art, art style. Uh, I think it looks really good, um, and Hunt the Night is officially coming to consoles. I was hoping to get a console release date with this, because we've had... We've just had a sort of a, a mysterious consoles eventually for a mm -hmm. while um, but it's still i think i want it was maybe even at a playstation showcase at some point in time uh it is going to come to consoles it sounds like it's just a question of when um i feel that any attention on the game is good because it means you know they'll continue to get good sales and we'll be encouraged to actually port it you know so i'm happy about that but um that's pretty much all i have to say about the, the horror showcase yeah um, well, it was it was cool shit and it's like you know as i'm getting excited for halloween time it's sort of like i'm just really happy to have like neat underground like Halloween shit yeah, yeah weird, weird ass fucking horror just like creepy stuff like that uh, I hear you. will there be a dark wood in and amongst this, pi this pile I hope so you know maybe world of horror we'll see um, but moving on to number two paradox and harebrained schemes parting ways after lamplighters league so this is going to be a little bit outside your wheelhouse mm -hmm. but paradox and harebrained schemes I don't know too much about paradox interactive myself uh, although I but I am very familiar with Hairbrain Schemes because they're the developers of the Shadowrun video games, the mm -hmm. Battletech video games, Crimson Skies, which I know at least Matt, who used to listen to the show, is a big Crimson Skies fan. I'll go back to the headline, Paradox and Hairbrain Schemes parting ways after Lamplighter's League. Uh, subtitle, over 80% of the Hairbrain Schemes was reportedly laid off earlier this year. Right. Paradox Interactive and developer Hairbrain Schemes have announced their parting ways on January 1st, 2024, following the commercially disappointing release of the Lamplighter's League. I know nothing about this game. I googled it briefly. It looks kind of generic. Mm -hmm. um, but it has some somewhat decent reviews, so whatever. Clearly, it did not manage to find mass spread appeal. 
In a press release, the two entities stated the split was a result of a mutual agreement related to quote-unquote strategic and creative priorities and would result in Paradox retaining ownership of the Lamplighters League and Battletech. That's, uh, that's noteworthy because that means that Harebrained Schemes, if they continue in any way, shape, or form, will not be able to create Battletech, licensed Battletech games anymore, which is a shame. Okay. Because Battletech is a, that is an excellent franchise that is, that has a lot of cachet with a certain amount of people, and, um, yeah, I mean, all the MechWarrior games, you know, mm. Mech Commander, all that shit. Still the tabletop game, Battletech. Like, I, I know it, I have a bunch of boxes of it at home. Uh, anyways, Harebrained will continue supporting Lamplighters League throughout the end of the year. Harebrain Schemes is a Seattle-based studio founded in 2011 that became known for its creation of the Shadowrun franchise. Though the last Shadowrun game was Shadowrun Hong Kong in 2015, in 2018, Paradox acquired the studio and published both Battletech and the Lamplighters League. Our 7 on 10 review of Lamplighters League praised the way the game takes proven concepts from other tactics games and puts them together, in, together into a novel blend, quote-unquote. However, Paradox referred to Lamplighters League as a big disappointment just last week that did not make its investment back. And earlier this year, this is the part that I'm concerned about, it reportedly laid off 80% of Harebrain Scheme staff in an attempt to write down costs. It is unclear where Harebrain Schemes goes from here, though the studio says it expects to seek new funding and publishing opportunities elsewhere. Sir, Harebrain Schemes is 60 strong, and 80% of the staff means about 50 people were laid off. So it's like, that studio was just gutted. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, I saw this, and it's like, you know, it's rare that we get, we don't often talk about layoffs, right? Or at least not in detail. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like it's got to be kind of a standard thing, you know, like uh, laying off. Few, For like, sure. If you have a massive team working on a game for years you know and then yeah. the game's out like i can't imagine you would need to keep all of those people around I, I don't imagine why you would keep them all around it's mostly the size of it in this case mm -hmm. the fact that it's 80 percent it's basically the it's got almost it's probably more or less the entire studio with the exception of the people who originally founded it and that's it right right which maybe in some sense is the only people that are important. I mean, that, I don't. That sounds weird to like contributors, but only in the sense that they're the ones who decide which projects to create, which right. projects to back, kind of thing. And so, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I agree with you. I think it's totally normal. But yeah, eighty percent for a it's small a big number for a small studio like this, it could destroy them. You know. <laughs> so I just I hope it doesn't destroy them. And um, at the same time, though, you know they. They seem to be a relatively agile team. Like, when they got their start, before they were picked up by Paradox, uh, they were actually the third, I believe it was the third company. Yeah, they were the third studio to ever make more than a million on Kickstarter for a game. Huh. Which is fascinating. You know? yeah. So they were on that bandwagon early. They had a lot of success. And that was the Shadowrun Returns game, the first Shadowrun game they made. It was really good. Huh. Um, I, I know friend of the show, Joel, played that completely. I played it about halfway through, and it was a pretty good production. Like, I was happy to spend money on that, and the game was really cool. Nice. Um, yeah, it's kind of like, it's like a, it's a game that has combat like XCOM. Okay. But it's got, uh, like, you, it has an open world sort of story thing where it's an RPG and you, you wander around a city, right. talk to quest givers and shit, talk to people, figure out a mystery. Mm -hmm. And whenever there's combat, it goes into an XCOM style thing. You know? Okay. But That's it's, cool. it's good. I mean, and it had basically the same system as X XCOM, which was already totally a fine system. Um, yep. And, uh, yeah, I mean, anyways, so, you know, they... This just makes me sad because, you know, I, I really like this company, uh, even though I haven't played that many of their products. Like, Crimson Skies had cachet with a small but devoted group of people. Shadowrun was really big. The Battletech franchise is huge in the tabletop gaming world. Um, and, I mean, they also, they did this game called Necropolis, <laughs> which I actually played and I, I thought was personally pretty good, although it was a massive um, commercial failure. Right. Um, but it's like a, it was like a co-op 
Dark Souls-y kind of thing. Okay. It was weird. Yeah, it was like a polygonal, sort of low graphic uh, fidelity uh, cooperative Dark Souls. Okay. It was weird, but like a cool a cool game. It was kind of, this is the kind of thing where it's like, I played it and I was like, man, I, wh- where was my group of three people that I could have played this with like five mm. years ago, you know? Yeah. This would have been perfect. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, they're just, they're a scrappy small studio and I, I like their shit and I just, I really hope that they can survive this, um, yeah. you know, massive cutting. <laughs> and maybe it's even a good thing, you know, because sometimes being, uh, you know, being controlled by a publisher is not necessarily, yeah. you know, can restrict you a little bit. So since they had so much success with Kickstarter before, maybe they can just go back to their roots and, you know, kind of. That'd uh, be cool. Yeah, I mean, they, they do seem to be a, a little bit of a guerrilla studio, if that makes sense. So, okay. you know, here's hoping. Yep. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I like them, and I, I hope uh, my, my heart goes out to Harebrain Schemes. Moving on to number three. Epic launches program to incentivize devs to bring old games to Epic Game Store. I got this news off IGN, uh, and IGN got this directly from a blog post published on the Epic Games website. Fortnite maker Epic Games has launched a back catalog program to incentivize game developers and publishers to make their old games available on the Epic Games Store. According to a blog post published on Monday, the company said the program, dubbed Now on Epic, was was launched to make it easier for Epic Game Store users to discover back catalog games and to better compete with Steam. Mainly, it will allow participating developers and publishers the opportunity to increase their net revenue from user spending from 88% to 100% for any eligible back catalog games they offer up on the Epic Game Store. I believe this is currently, I could be wrong, the only company that uh, is offering in any way, shape, or form a 100% revenue share for anything. Hmm. So that's interesting in and of itself. Even if it's somewhat limited to this specific program, titles eligible for the Now on Epic program will enjoy the 100% revenue boost for the first six months of release on Epic Game Store. After that, they'll get the standard 88-12 revenue split, which also might be the highest split in gaming as well. Right. Uh, it's at least higher than most of them. Mm-hmm. I'm not positive if it's the highest, but 88-12 is really good, air quotes. Game developers who participate uh, in Now on Epic must commit to releasing at least three games before October 31st, 2023, and have them currently live on another third-party PC store or included in a third-party subscription service such as Xbox Game Pass or PlayStation Plus. This is a little bit of a weird wrinkle that I'm sure I would understand if I knew more about the industry, but basically, yeah, it only applies to games that already exist on another store. That they can bring old games that already exist in another store that they can bring to Epic. So it almost makes it seem even more like it's to directly compete with Steam and or others. I don't know. Yeah, weird. But it's an odd little wrinkle. Um, If they don't have three games that meet the criteria, the team must bring over all the games they have released that are live. Developers who would rather wait to enroll in the Now on Epic program have until December 31st, 2024 to do so. When they do, all eligible games must be on Epic Game Store by June 30th, 2025. A bunch of, you know, sort of technical nonsense. Uh, And to summarize... IGN also notes Epic Game Store first launched in 2018 and built its library through generous incentives and exclusive deals with developers. That seems to continue. It has struggled with Steam, though, which remains the platform of choice despite issues of its own. That is no surprise. Steam has had complete market dominance for ever, basically ever since <laughs> ever since it existed. Um, the launch of Now on Epic comes nearly three weeks after the company shed to 830 employees, about 16% of its workforce, what seems like a much more normal number, uh, in the latest round of layoffs. Despite continued success of Fortnite, uh, employees affected by the layoffs include those, sorry, included those from Medi- Mediatonic, the studio behind Fall Guys. And that's pretty much it. I don't know what you think about this. Well, I've got nothing at all to say about it. I mean, it doesn't seem like really... I mean, it's neat, I guess. I've never been on the Epic Games Store. <laughs> I've never been on Steam. I know exactly what you mean. I've I, never like it's 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 so out of my wheelhouse that yeah. I'm just like no, cool, totally. I guess. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, well, what I thought was fascinating about this was the fact that this comes on the heels of the whole debacle with um, Unity, mm-hmm. the division in Unity, right? Uh, and 
because I remember us speculating then that like you know is there going to be a big push to Unreal which is epic right, right. like is there going to be a big push to them now are they going to just like capitalize on this sort of massive uh, you know PR debacle to like just pull everyone away from yeah. you know what I mean and it's like I do think this is really fascinating on the heels of that just from the perspective of like is this part of their push to like okay you know what, you know, you, you guys were all doubting this company's ability to support you now. It's like, well, check out this 100% split that we're about to offer you for anything before this date. Maybe, yeah. I Maybe. mean, listen, get on board now. You know, it's an 88-12 split after that. We don't have any additional fees, you know, like the, the like, come in, the water's fine kind of thing. You yeah, know what I mean? Like, I thought that was really fascinating. And I also just, to come back to your point about, like, you know, Epic Game Store, Steam Game Store, what does any of this shit mean? I know exactly what you mean, but I also think, I mean, I have limited experience with the Steam Store. I just think that any competition for Steam is going to be ultimately fantastic for the industry. The only store I know is the PlayStation store. Yeah. Uh, I mean, honestly, that's the only one I've ever... Like, I don't know. The monopoly on the PC game space is, is dark. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, like, and not because I know well, about I mean, it, because yeah, it's I, just any monopoly is usually dark, you know? But I mean, like, PlayStation, like, can you buy PlayStation games on other stores? No, but PlayStation has competition in the form of Xbox and Nintendo. Right. Right? But, but I They mean, each like, have their own store. Yeah, so but, but that's, Steam does has a stranglehold on the PC market. Right. I mean, maybe some would argue that. I don't know, but does that make sense? So it feels more like a monopoly in that space to me. Yeah. Because like you're right, you know, like yes, PlayStation has its own store, Xbox has its own, has its own store, but at least they each have their own console. So it's kind of like there's competition within the console right. sphere. Right. So know? Steam is just the PC version in my mind. I suppose, yeah. I mean, I guess... It's the biggest of them, right? That makes sense what you're saying. Yeah, I always viewed PC as like, it's the, it's like the Wild West of the... Because it's like, you know, there was always the ability to install any operating system Mm -hmm. and like a lot of different sort of... Even though some companies like, you know, Microsoft tried to as rapidly as possible completely lock down that space with like Office and every single... Windows and every single computer, you know. Um, But... I see what you mean, yeah. Like, to well, me, that's always... That's that's just the case for me. You know, it's like, again, that PlayStation, makes sense. Xbox, yeah. Yeah. Steam for yeah. PC. But, I mean, the fuck do I know? <laughs> like, I, I, I don't really know I've never owned you, a gaming you know? PC. So, like, you know. <laughs> I, like, I have used Steam, but, you know, mm-hmm. that's almost uh, putting it generously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I bought, like, a total of, like, three games in my life on Steam. Okay. Pony Island and Wizorb, which is a <laughs> random-ass... Fucking Pong game. That's horrible. It's actually not bad. But, uh, yeah, I played, like, two games on Steam. Okay. Well. Uh, that's pretty much it. So, I, I just think that... I, because I know I've read news articles in the past about, like, people being frustrated with sometimes Steam's policies being, like, not the best for developers. Right. So, I just feel like it's great for them to have any kind of competition whatsoever. Yeah, for sure. Because at least there's some options other than Steam. Competition's you know? good. That's yeah, a good thing. That's it. That's it. And, and I, I really just think the angle of, like, you know... How many, how many how many people is it going to successfully convince to come away from, you know, divin, uh, divinity, uh, unity, which yeah, yeah. could be, I mean, I would almost be happy for unity because I kind of really don't like what they did with their whole. Uh, mm. I think that was nasty business. That entire sort of like sk- mini scandal, if you will, air quotes, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's really all I have to say about it. Fair enough. Should yep. we move on? Yep. And from there, we'll move directly onto the rapid fire. Uh, so without further ado, number one, Amazon's Follow TV show has finally has a release date. Uh, I got this information off IGN. Okay, now that is something I'm incredibly excited for. Cautiously unoptimistic. <laughs> <laughs> I don't expect much. Um, I don't have high hopes. Yeah. I love the Probably idea. Wise. I love the idea of a Fallout. I've wanted this shit for years. Um, I think it's one of the coolest 
you could ha you could make endless content basically yeah. in the Fallout world. No, totally. And yeah. I've always wanted it. I don't really feel like they would have been able to do it justice 10, 15 years ago or yeah. 10 years ago or whatever. You mean like with the visual art? Yeah, with just yeah. some of the, you know, and unless it was huge budget, which didn't seem like it would ever be. Um, yeah, I don't know. They just, I don't feel like they had the chops, you know, like uh, that makes sense. back in the day to do power armor and make it look good. No, and, it's true. Yeah. You know, just be kind of corny. I yeah. Think. yeah. Um, like this, I feel the same way about Dread. Like Dread would have been like its visual design was really, really good. Phenomenal. And, like that's part of. And the original know, one is unbelievably cheesy. Yeah. And it had a huge, uh, probably a bigger budget. Well, for the time. I don't know I if don't, it's don't bigger, know. you know, just because... Yeah, they count for inflation and everything, too. Exactly. It's complicated. You know, <laughs> uh, but I, I think it was, like, Versace that designed his fucking outfit in the really? first one. That's yeah, yeah. interesting. With, like, the gold fucking jock strap. I don't... Uh, dude, it's the, really funny, it's the man. dumbest I outfit. I haven't actually seen it. Like, I'd, I'd have to look it up. It's the dumbest fucking outfit. Yeah. But all in all, there was some fucking money. Uh, yeah. Like, Stallone was huge at the time. Right. It, like, they put money in it, and it was fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Like, it was... Unbearable. Yeah, um, yeah. So I feel like Fallout would have been kind of on par with that. Yeah. And now we see what they did with Dread. Totally. These days. Looks amazing. Uh, even Robocop. Fuck. Yeah. No, 100%. Like, uh, Robocop, uh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm hopeful, but I'm not too... Uh, I, I'm keeping my expectations fucking below anything. If it's Amazon, dude. Like, yeah. Come on. <clears throat> like, what? I, I have my reservations based on that as well. <clears throat> I mean... Just the other shit that they've produced, like yeah, bruh, bruh. I, I, there isn't nothing good coming out of Amazon, but it is struggling. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the boys was great. The boys was is fun. That, well, there was that. There's, uh, a, key, there's a few things like um, yeah. uh, Terminal List was dope. I didn't see that one. Um, there's been there's been a handful of like very decent things. The Julia Roberts uh, adaptation yeah. of that yeah. podcast was fucking awesome. Wait. Julia Roberts adaptation yeah. of the podcast. I don't. It's actually it's really worth watching if you haven't seen. No, it. no, no. I, I've seen the Julia Roberts thing where it's like the PTSD people. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a podcast. Oh, I didn't realize. Yeah, they that. they adapted a sci-fi podcast. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. But no, that was dope as hell. Amazing. Like, there's there's been some that good blew my stuff. mind actually. Yeah, there's been some good stuff. It's just more like you know the Lord of the Rings. I haven't seen it, but I've heard about it. <laughs> it wasn't great. Okay, yeah. it wasn't the worst thing. Isn't Wheel of Time also them? Oh, it absolutely is. Yeah. That is what I was going to mention next. And it's like, again, maybe it's not the worst thing, but I don't know anything worse. Um, well, so it's fair. <laughs> it's bad. It's bad. Well, official press release comes from a confirmation tweet from the official Followed account. Followed TV show launches April 12th, 2024. So there you go. Um, they, we, there's no official teaser or anything yet, right? Um, it, there was one that was shown closed doors at Gamescom 2023. That I did try, I contemplated talking about on the show when we handled Gamescom, but it was, the you could find leaked videos of it, like people taking it with mm -hmm. their cell phone. It was really grainy and kind of hard to... I think I actually did see that, too. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, it you didn't know. leave an impression on me, but also the video quality was not fantastic. You know? Right. So it was sort of like, I'd rather just not talk about this than, like, yeah, risk right. sort of, like, giving it a false appreciation because it's, like, it's not, you know... Yeah, yeah. It's not yeah. real. It's not legit yet. Exactly, yeah. But there's been no official... We don't have a trailer yet. But I'm assuming we'll get one at some point in time. I actually was... I was, like... I guess that maybe wouldn't make sense, but I was... We're going to talk about the fact that Activision Blizzard uh, acquisition finally completed later on, and uh, Xbox made a... Um, uh, a really, and actually, I, in my opinion, extremely good trailer for their 
the acquisition of the brand. Like they made like a, an, they made an Xbox brand trailer. It's sort of like a PlayStation trailer where they showcase all their stuff. Okay, yeah. It was it was really good, nice. and like I'm almost surprised that like maybe there wasn't. They just throw in a little like uh, follow TV show because it feels like it could maybe fit in that. Okay, but anyways, um, so yeah, I mean, what is there to say? What in terms of what we know about the show, uh, the short trailer showed glimpses of the Brotherhood of Steel ominously marching across a dusty desert, reminiscent of a more urban urban version of Dune's Arrakis setting, with their iconic vertebrate vehicles, a vault opening as a woman shielded her eyes from the sun, multiple nuclear explosions taking place in what looks like a present day setting, and a shot of who we presume is Walton Goggins's ghoul character, who bore more than a passing resemblance to Fallout Four's John Hancock. Maybe you can explain those references for me. John Hancock, Fallout Four doesn't. I don't remember. Is it? Could it be the perk when you get the mysterious stranger? I don't know. I don't recall, dude. It's been so know. long. Um, it's a, it's in the weeds, anyways. Well, just knowing, like, when it comes closer to this releasing, I will start playing some Fallout shit just to get my hype up, you know. And um, I don't know whether before sixty-seven. Whatever, yeah, you know. I still would absolutely love to play. I mean, maybe if this could coincide with, I, I don't know if it's even in the realm of possibility, but if this coincided with, like, say, the Fallout Three remaster being released, like. Mm. That would be incredible. Yeah. Know? Like, I would yeah. absolutely buy that and immediately start playing it. It'd be smart on their part. It know? would be really, I mean, it would be a really great opportunity to just tie those two in. Um, IGN notes that while they had a very small look at the show, it was clear the production values are very high for whatever that's worth, with visual effects looking impressive. Uh, what we know about the story is that it will be separate from any of the games, which Todd Howard confirmed in November of last year. Um, other things of note, really, that's pretty much it. Helmed by Westworld's Jonathan Nolan. Show oh, looks set fuck. to. Set to feature plenty of fan-favorite aspects from the games. According to the poster below, the Fallout TV show is set in Los Angeles, and there is mention of Los Angeles. There is mention of Vault 33. Okay. So that's pretty much it. Fucking A, dude, though. But if it's Um, Westworld, dude... I think that's kind of interesting. Dude, the first season of Westworld was wild. I've only seen, like, two episodes, but I very much appreciated, particularly the visual design. It was fucking good. That is... Yeah, and I mean, it looks a little bit like Fallout, doesn't it? I mean, it's Wild West, and it has robots. Yeah, no. no. But I feel like Fallout's got a little bit of a similar vibe visually. I don't know. No, I don't find. <laughs> I uh, I didn't find that this because you didn't really know that they're fucking robots, right? Like, I suppose in yeah. the show, yeah. like I mean, you do, but it's not. You know what I mean? It's but not you could as see in how face. those same sets could be really easily up. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Like um, well, the synths and everything. Yeah, um, no, totally. All kinds of stuff. So. Um, there's a really quote, a short quote from Howard. One of the movies that inspired Starfield was Interstellar, written by Joel, Jonathan Nolan. Uh, I got to know J- Jonah. Jonah? I guess he's called Jonah. That's a little odd. Uh, and I always wanted to make a follow TV show, so I talked to Jonah about it, and we've been making the follow TV show. We don't ever plan on putting this out. There will be bigger teasers later. Hmm. That's what no. we got. Interesting. We'll see, man. I'm down. I am I'm also totally down. Yeah. Num- moving on to number two. EA Iron Man game being developed in Unreal Engine 5. Uh, so this is uh, a very incredibly small, bite-sized piece of news that I pretty much only included because I know Jake's going to listen to the show and he is a huge Iron Man fan. And Jake, Iron Man's still coming. It's being developed in Unreal Engine 5. It will be one of... It joins the ranks of other games such as Black Myth Wukong, Tekken 8, Witcher Remake, uh, some of them not to come out yet, Lords of the Fallen that just came out. Uh, I believe actually that Remnant 2 is maybe even the first game to hmm. release with Unreal Engine 5. The okay. first sort of like major game, uh, air quotes, like kind of double A, I suppose. Um, but that's pretty much all there is to say here. EA Motive has confirmed it's developing its upcoming Iron Man game in Unreal Engine 5 in a long-awaited update from the studio. I should have mentioned, I'm getting this personally off IGN, they got it directly from a blog post on the EA Motive website. Uh, they said Unreal Engine 5 will, quote-unquote, empower the dev team to work their magic and create something really special. 
Um, what else is there? EA Motive confirmed it is now focusing on Iron Man after switching from the incredibly well-received Dead Space remake earlier this year. That did look really nice. Though the game is still likely years away, as it's still very early in development. We are in early pre-production and take our time to make sure we set the best possible foundation for development, EA Motive said. But already we're finding so many opportunities to explore story, design, and gameplay with Iron Man, and it's exciting to see the fantasy start coming alive. And uh, that's pretty much it. IGN also notes that just as it did for Dead Space, EA Motive has implemented what it calls a quote-unquote, get ready for groans, community council for Iron Man. Uh, this is a group made up of Iron Man fans that will offer feedback throughout the development process. So that's always a treat. Um, but it is worth noting that Dead Space Remake didn't suck. Yeah. And they had the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe that, maybe no, it It's not the worst stuff. idea, you know? Like, I mean, if you're going for... You want to keep some trueness to the character and whatever. Yeah. It makes sense. Focus, mean, focus groups work if you know how to use them. Yeah. If that makes yeah. sense. <laughs> it's the using of them. They're a tool like anything else. Yeah. Right? yeah. Um, and that's basically all we have to say. I mean, uh, it's, it's coming from Battlefield's publisher EA... Uh, it, it is noted as it, it is sorry. It is designated as an all-new single-player action adventure game, and uh, that's it. Pretty I mean, cool. Um, Iron Man fans out there, well, you know, it's coming. It's gonna look nice because it's on Unreal Engine Five. Mm -hmm. Moving on, to number three, Astral Ascent official release date trailer. This is strictly a Josh joint. Uh -huh. I don't know if you had a chance to check this out. This looks like this is co-op. This, okay, this at looks least, like it's, at least there's that. It's gonna be a dope couch co-op game if the game's good. Mm -hmm. You know, this is like. I mean, Wizard of Legend is incredible, and I still fucking love that game. Uh, I still, I regularly play it, like, 20 minutes before going to bed kind of thing. But it's, like, it's this kind of game where it's, like, just quick action, play yeah, with a friend. I got you. Really just, you know, ar arcade kind of thing. Very arcade. Yeah, extremely arcade-y. Uh, anyways, so Astral Ascent, uh, they just released the official release date trailer. Astral Ascent is a 2D pixel action roguelike game being developed by Hibernian Workshop. Uh, I checked them out a little bit. They're French, and they're basically, they're not really, they haven't done anything else. Okay. It's a small studio. Players will face 12 powerful mystical bosses as they explore the garden with one of four heroes to choose from, uh, utilize unique spells, and unfold the story of this epic escape from an astral prison. Astral Ascent is launching on November 14th for a note for PS4, PS5, Nintendo Switch, and PC. Um, and the most important thing for me is that it has couch co-op. Yeah, um, no, that's has, cool. Yeah, it has local co-op. It might have... It's, it has online co-op for Steam, for PC. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it will for, for consoles, uh, but I don't really need online co-op for a game like this. Right. It's more of like a nephew's hang out with my brother game, hang out with Matt maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm into this game for the exact same reasons why I think Wizard of Legend is like one of the greatest like arcade action mm -hmm. indies ever released. Like I still play Wizard of Legend all the time. I think that game is incredible. I would say anybody who even remotely likes that jar, just arcadey, like fun to play, quick to pick up stuff. It's just awesome, yep. and this game could be another Wizard, Wizard of Legend. So that's really all I got to say about it. Yeah, fair um, enough. I will be I will be reading these reviews the absolute second they come out, and if they're even remotely good, I'll probably be getting the game immediately. Mm -hmm. Moving on to number four, it's official. Microsoft has bought Activision Blizzard for sixty nine billion dollars. Ah, peanuts. So I got the synopsis off IGN. There really isn't anything to speak of here. I really just wanted to throw this on the show to note that this has happened. So basically, we can stop talking about it. Mm. And uh, I actually found when I, I was contemplating the fact that the acquisition finally completed on my way over here, and I realized that I was initially kind of feeling very like, 
great, we can just stop talking about this. But I realize now that actually going over all the leaks from the court documents was super fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And actually deeply, like, I couldn't care less about the sort of, like, ins and outs of the deal itself. Mm -hmm. But sifting through, like, uh, accidentally leaked documents for, like, information about a stock report, for example. Right, right, right. Um, is just kind of, like, amazing. Yeah. Uh, and we also, you know, finding out about the follow three remake that may or may not happen. Mm -hmm. Also super fun. So you know, it's been it's been a wild ride. Yeah, I, I was really happy to cover all all the leaked information from it, but it's also nice to kind of put this behind us. Yeah, no doubt. It's actually pretty much been about the entire time we've been on this podcast. Is that's insane? It's yeah. It's I think it's over two years now, or it's just under two years. Makes sense. It would take a while though. Sixty nine billions a lot. It is. It is. I still can't believe it took this long, but uh, mm. yeah. So that's finally put to bed. Uh, if anybody's curious, uh, I do really think that they made um sort of like a. Oh, we joined the family trailer, uh, which you'd think would be gross, but I thought was like really, actually really, really nice. Mm -hmm. And so they have a fantastic sort of promo trailer. I believe it's called it's called Activision Blizzard King joins Xbox official trailer, hmm. uh, and it's it's a really nice like two minute trailer that's basically a sizzle reel of like all of well, especially with their portfolio added, like all right. of, all of uh, Microsoft's sort of first party platform stuff now, and um, it was really good. I, I I have to be honest, like I was thinking the whole time watching it I'm like yeah these games look dope it does I mean it, it looks like it was really well presented um, I felt a little bit of a twinge of like I will maybe miss some of these things when they start not coming out of PlayStation later hmm. and also I was like if I was an outside person contemplating which console to buy and was seeing this kind of advertisement and wasn't familiar with like you know from software and stuff I would probably be just buying Xbox I mean it's a really nice uh, it's a really it's a pretty tight trailer mm -hmm. you know like yeah, but I used to think uh, PlayStation was like pretty impressive with its like you know the God of War, the Horizon, like they they, they display very well you know outwardly, but this is competition. Mm -hmm. you know? uh, so yeah, I mean I'm I'm impressed, but uh, it's a neat trailer. Yeah, give, give it a watch. But that's uh, that that saga is finally finished. Good. So moving on to last but not least, uh, number five, Realms Deep 2023 showcase shoutout. Uh, I, I called this a shoutout really because this was actually old news. This was October third. We really should have talked about this last time if we were going to. Mm -hmm. I forgot. I didn't notice it. I don't have too much to talk about in regards to the showcase, but it was... Um, I found it kind of lackluster overall. I don't know if you bothered to check out much of it. I checked out the Infinity Outpost, Infinity Siege. Yeah, I, I just cherry-picked these things because I thought uh, Infinity Siege looked, to, in my opinion... Cool. Yeah. It did yeah. look cool. Yeah, it looks I mean, like modern, you know. Yeah, not as cool as like... Uh, what the fuck is the one we're waiting for? Um... Starship Troopers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but like... Helldivers. Yeah. Helldivers, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Had sorry, not to be confused with the actual Starship Troopers game. I shouldn't say that. Right, yeah. right, yeah, yeah. But you knew what I was talking about, right? Absolutely, like, yeah. Because it did have some similarities, and it didn't look as good, but... Uh, whatever. Yeah, it looks, like, jankier and lower budget, Yeah, but it still has a lot of, like, modern trappings of, uh, yeah. of games. What I like about this, we contemplated mentioning the fact that uh, Endless Dungeon got released, like, a week ago. Uh, I've been into that game since it was originally announced, and... What I was interested in about Endless Dungeon is the same kind of stuff I'm interested in with this game. This, again, this Outpost Infinity Siege. Now, this is not officially announced for consoles, but it does have the look of a console game. Mm -hmm. So take it, it definitely for, does. Take it for what it is, you know? Um, and what I like about both of these properties is that one of my favorite indie games ever that I still to this day play every now and then on, on Switch, uh, it's also local co-op, Aegis Defenders. It's an old-school pixel art-looking mm. sort of arcade game. But the cool thing about Aegis Defenders is it is... I don't usually like tower defense, but it's actually a tower defense game. Okay, yeah. And this is also tower defense. Yeah, this this know? almost looks like Command and Conquer-ish in some ways. Sure. Like, uh, there's some weirdness to it. That yeah, it's first person. 
Yeah, yeah, but the building and the defense totally, and all that. Totally, totally. Um, but it's FPS combat. Right, you yeah, know? yeah. Uh, when you're not building shit. Yeah. Um, it's got some neat slowdown effects. I don't know, man. It just it looks... It looks good. Pretty good, yeah. And I really, you know, Aegis Defenders was the first game to really open my eyes to tower defense. Mm -hmm. It was a genre that I thought that I hated until I realized that some games I like... Like, even Helldivers has tower defense elements. Okay. You know what I mean? It's like, because there's there's, sta there's stages where you have to... It's got mechs, too. Right. There's stages where you have to defend an objective. Mm -hmm. And that's effectively tower defense. Right? Okay, yeah. When, like, swarms of enemies come at you, you can summon defenses. Mm -hmm. Like, you can make turrets come. You can make, you know, suits to get in. For sure. And it's like, I don't know. It's, it's a genre that I surprisingly find myself kind of enjoying sometimes. So... This game just looks slick. I mean, I it, it does look neat. Yeah, Outpost of Infinity Siege, um, sci-fi art. Uh, sorry, sci-fi FPS, tower building elements, uh, defense, uh, tower defense elements. Excuse me, mm -hmm. um, RTS but stuff. There is some bit. building too, for sure. Right? Definitely like, building. Yeah, yeah. It uh, looks really interesting, and it looks surprisingly well polished for a game that's. <laughs> it really does. Kind <laughs> of a little under the radar, I would say. You know, mm -hmm. but um, but not console. Not console. Although, you know, Who knows? what would you do with this if not make it into a console game, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. it's, it's a shoe-in. Um, it hoping. looks effectively like, from the outside, it looks effectively like Call of Duty with building. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, you know, pretty like, much. Yeah. I mean, in just in the sense of, like, it's got a totally normal first-person look to it, mm -hmm. like FPS look to it. Mm -hmm. um, so that looks dope. Um, and, yeah, so really surprisingly, the, most of this, um, the, 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 what was it? Yeah, the Realms Deep Showcase was very lackluster, in my opinion. Uh, but this game did look amazing. And I'll give one quick shout out before we close to a tiny, tiny indie game that ironically is also tower defense. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck is with the tower defense of this, this showcase? Let me just find. So this game is Beacon of Nada. Yeah, Beacon of Nada is by Ghost Creative Studio. Sounds like this is basically just one guy called Christian Molina, who happens to be Argentinian uh, and apparently got his start on Counter-Strike Counter -Strike and Battlefield 2 mods. Uh, so there you go. Um, and it looks like it's a one man show. It is ironically also tower defense, and I just I was really impressed by what I saw with the art style here. Mm -hmm. I feel like the world looks kind of neat. Uh, it's got this sort of like old tech, you yeah, know, like yeah, sandy yeah, yeah. wastes, old tech vibe sort of thing. It does. Um, and again, like I said, I used to not be into the idea of uh, tower defense, but that one game, Aegis Defenders, really opened my eyes to how fun it can be. Mm -hmm. In particular, when you get to play... Because also, Aegis Defenders, it's tower defense, and you play with friends. Hmm. So it's like you're building uh, defenses for the base, but you're also like just shooting things yourself. Right. I, I always like the idea of, like, okay, I can build defenses, but... Like, I would never be... I think I, I like RTS less because you never have direct control of you. Mm -hmm. You know, but in tower defense, you're still a you. Right. You're just also making defenses. But I don't I know. I mean, you. yeah, something about the art style for this, it really... It does it for me. Yeah. And uh, it's rough and it's early, but uh, I do think this looks kind of like it could be interesting. So again, that's Beacon of Nada, Ghost Creative Studio. Not officially announced for console, though I see no reason why it would not be if it was successful. Um, it looks like it would work totally fine with a with a controller, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so I mean, you know, there's there's two tower defense games. Interesting. Otherwise, uh, Realm, realms 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 deep. Otherwise, realms deep showcase a little lackluster. But listen, they can't all be bangers. Right. And uh, you know, if we even get two games that are cool out of them, I mean, it's better than nothing. Right? For sure. But uh, yeah, so I mean, that's really that's that's actually all we got for you this week. Um, I hope you found something to uh, to enjoy there. It was a bit of a slow news week. I don't know. I mean, uh, Teague, closing comments, concerns, thoughts, ideas. Stay classy. Stay classy. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll see you next time, guys.